Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. You know, this morning, I got off to a little slow start. But I was thinking about my little brother. You know, he passed a few um, days ago. Sometimes we we forget things um, in our – but deep inside of us, we remember, right? But anyway, I was thinking about him, and I was thinking about um, – he was three years younger than I. He had a little temper, so um, he had a temper, and he had a tendency. The big boys picked on him. So imagine grade school. The school went to eighth grade. He's this little bitty thing. He was tiny. I was in third grade fourth grade, he was in kindergarten or first grade or something like that. Well, it used to be that they would keep you in grade school until you were 16. Then they had to pass you. Well, they had to pass you, I think, before your 16th birthday you had to be on your way to high school. No matter what you've done up to that point, you're going to high school. So we had eighth grade boys that should have been in high school, basically. My brother, they like to pick, you know, big Eighth graders, anyway, like to pick on little kids, and really, they'd love to pick on my brother because he had a bad temper. And they knew that if they got him riled up, um, they'd hold his head because he was so little, and they'd get him all riled up, and he would be swinging, fighting. And after a while, they got tired of fooling with him. But by then, he was really mad. Because you have to know my brother, he would he would fight my daddy. If you made him mad enough, and my daddy at the time was a big man compared to him, but you make him mad, he's going to fight. In fact, <laughs> there is a young man, well, at the time, there was a young man that was a Golden Glove boxer. He was up and coming. In fact, whatever happened to him, he used to fight on the street corner, shadow fight. I think he did that up until 
I was in my 40s. I don't know where he is now. And people would always say, well, have you seen so-and-so? Well, he's fighting on so-and-so corner uh, this week. Well, I saw him over here on this other corner a month ago. So that used to be the conversation that we'd say when we ran into each other. So he fought the golden. Of course, he's uh, almost 16 when he was in eighth grade. This particular day, sunny day, beautiful day. You know, spring days used to be magical. Well, that's not a good word, but beautiful, awesome. Um, We used to walk, I think, about a mile and a half to school and a mile and a half home. So spring days were beautiful. I don't know what happened to spring, but spring days used to be just wonderful. So it was one of those days. We're on our way home. My brother had started a fight with this boy named Duffy, a golden glove boxer. That's a whole different fight. We'll talk about that later. But I didn't believe in fighting. I didn't fight. I just didn't believe in it. But I was a big sister. Big sister to six siblings, uh, five siblings. And whether I wanted to fight or not, I was in charge of making sure my sisters and brothers got home safely. So when people talk about David, fought the lion and the bear, and nobody really knew what he went through to take care of what he was responsible for, I can truly say I can relate to David. So this particular day, my brother, this guy named Tuffy, had started a fight with my brother. Well, he was just picking on a little kid, but he didn't know picking on a little kid meant, in my brother's case, you started a fight with him. Now, apparently Tuffy had some issues anyway because his family nicknamed him Tuffy. So Tuffy Sr., and I'll call my brother Tuffy Jr., had a confrontation and of course, whether I wanted to fight or not, I had to protect my little brother. This particular day, We were fighting, and, you know, Tuffy didn't back down, and my brother wouldn't back down and until I got in the middle of it, and then he did what he always did. He would run home and get help because he knew I was getting ready to get um, in a fight. So his response was, well, I got to go get somebody to help. So he took off running, and you know the people are all around and everything, and we're fighting. 
I don't know what I did to Tuffy, but he took off running. He must have seen my angel because I wasn't much bigger than my brother. But he took off running. I reached down and I picked up a brick. Now, I don't want to fight, don't want to hurt anyone. So when I pick up this brick to throw at Tuffy, I had no intentions of hitting him. I just wanted Tuffy to leave me alone. So I was going to scare Tuffy. How do you scare someone whose mother prophesies every day by calling him Tuffy? So either he was born a wimp and somebody was messing with him to make him tough, or that was his personality too. So I pick up this brick and I throw it at Tuffy. And I turn and walk away. I hear it, then I feel a sharp pain. Tuffy picks up the same brick that I threw at him. And by his being, like a lot of those um, eighth graders, that was close to, or if not high school age, he was stronger, he was accurate, and he had every intention of hitting me. Had the brick hit me a quarter of an inch higher, it would have killed me instantly. Tuffy wasn't trying not to hurt me. I'm not sure if he intended to kill me. Quite honestly, I don't think he cared. You see, by the time I was getting out of high school, I had this summer that every time I opened the paper, one of these oversized high schoolers were either either being killed, going to prison, Tuffy was one of those. He killed someone and went to prison. But I believe that our Father in Heaven is always watching over us. That day, the angel that was assigned to make sure that I got home with my siblings, made sure that that Greg did not kill me. 
I believe that God has used that as a teaching moment. Because I learned that you never start a fight, then turn your back on your enemy. Because where you want to just keep it moving, get on home, forget about it. Your enemy is out for blood. Of course, I was in emergency. I had to be stitched up, all of that. But I'll never forget that fight with Tuffy. In the kingdom of God, Father God teaches us that we're at war. We have an enemy. And sometimes the way we deal with being in war is the same way I dealt with Tuffy. I thought winning was optional. I thought I had a choice. I thought maybe if I scare him a little bit, he'll leave me alone. And I won't have to fight him again. But you see, you never suck a punch your enemy. If you get in the ring, you better be willing to go all the way. People don't tell you this, but when you get born again, you get in the ring. And when you begin to believe God to change your soul, to change your household, to change your community, every level, the fight intensifies. Every level... You step into the ring as a challenger. The beauty of our life in Christ is when we step in, Christ in us steps in. When we step in, Father God has our back. The Bible says he's our rear guard. When when we step into the ring, They are more for us than against us because one-third of the angels fail, but two-thirds are ministering servants, making sure that just like that day, just like when I'd have to walk my siblings home, there was always an angel present 
to make sure I got home safely. I can tell you some angel stories. Little children are sensitive. They just think what God is doing is natural because where they live. As I was saying, church, Overflowing Life Family Worship Center, every time we come together, we make a declaration. We taunt our enemy. We say we're warriors. Warriors don't get a day off. So as one God has appointed to lead the charge, the brick has already been thrown. Make sure that you're ready for the kill. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. We've had some awesome word preached. Sunday, God broke up. God just tore it up Sunday. Birthed an awesome word through an awesome woman. Ministry just came forth. We saw her come up and out out of her closet. We've had some, the word of the Lord has been rich. The services have been amazing. God is moving. We are moving in God. So don't be surprised with what the enemy tries to do. I've watched each week A person will step forward. The enemy knows how to bring a counterattack. He knows the things that break your heart. He knows the things that get you confused, make you back up. He also knows the things that make you think, oh, this is going to be all right. It's no big deal. I'll just go home. Mm Mm-mm. I've watched people throw a brick at the enemy and then think, I did a, look at me, look at what I did, it's going to be okay. No, 
It's not okay until the fight is over. And the fight isn't over until either Christ comes and takes us on out of here or till we go to be with the Lord. That's when the fight is over. So if you live to be a hundred, you better know that the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down all imaginations. It's an imagination if you think that you're going to live in this world with your enemy and be at peace. If you find a Christian and they're living in la-la land, you better know that they're not a threat to the enemy, that somehow the way they live just either is right in line with what the devil wants them to do and be, or either they are really two steps from Jesus just being like Enoch. They walked with God so tight that then they were not there anymore. And I believe there are some people that get to the place that they know how to move in such a way that it doesn't seem like they have any issues. But if they're really saved, you better know they know how to fight. They fight so good you don't see it. They get up in the morning so tough. that they knock the enemy out before he can wake up good. That's where we want to go. That's what 6.30 in the morning prayer is all about. And most of us come from backgrounds that we've had a few lions and a few bears. So now it's time to wage a good warfare, and that is to confront our adversary so that everything that is assigned to our life will be accomplished in this life. You see, Jesus was a fighter, but when you think about Jesus, as we re-image Christ, as we get it into our bellies, what Christ was really, really like. He was so fierce that before he took a punch, the devil was at his feet going, Son of David, have mercy on me. When they got ready to kill him, he just looked at him and said, you know what? You can't kill me. You can't do anything to me unless I let you. When they came to take him to be crucified, Peter took a sword, cut off the soldier's ear, and Jesus just simply reached down, picked it up, slapped it back on the soldier's head and said, come on, let's go. We got to finish this because I got to finish this fight. Because there are sons coming behind me, and I give them the keys of death, hell, and the grave. 
And the only way for me to do this is that I lay down my life. That's our example. Whether it's trying to get through school, whether it is the roof caving in, whether it is husband getting a stroke, whether it is whatever's going on in your atmosphere, the friend that throws you off, the conversations that the enemy brings so that you get off track. He knows exactly what to do. He knows exactly what to throw at you to knock you out at least for a little while. But you never read about Jesus. being taken off guard by his enemy. Because, you see, he said, I only do what I see my daddy do. So you can't get me off track because I'm not going to let you. I know why I'm here. He said, I'm here to overcome the works of darkness. Saints, why are you here? Why are you born again? What is this fight all about for you? Well, I'm here to overcome the works of darkness. Be it in my own soul or anyone that's assigned to my life. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I praise and magnify you. I glorify you. The word of God teaches me that you are the Lord God Sabaoth. You are the captain of the host. Father God, I thank you for the angelic host that's been assigned to our life and assigned to our loved ones to make sure that we get to the place that you have appointed us. I thank you that they're assigned to our children and our children's children. There is no shame, Father God. Whatever the enemy has done, Father God, we recognize that it's the enemy, God. We know who our adversary is. We know it's not flesh and blood. That's why we can forgive people, Father. Take them off the hook, Father, because they are not our enemy. They were pawns in our enemy's hand. And so, Father God, instead of being mad at them, we get even mad at the devil, God, for what he's tried to do to us, what he tries to do to our children and our children's children, Father God, what he's tried to traffic through these generations. Yeah, there are some things that hurt our feelings, but, Father God, sanctify our feelings so we can feel what you feel so that we can do what you do, so that we can believe like you believe, so we don't get caught up in our emotions, Father, because we are warriors, God. There'll come a day, Father, for you are Jehovah Nisi. Your banner over us is love, and there will come a day that we will enter into the banquet hall. Every person taking the place at the table according to the rank that they have earned while they were on earth. 
according to their obedience. We will have our crowns, Father, and we will present them to you. And we will join with the angels saying, The kingdom of our Lord, the kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior. And we will reign forever. Daddy, we're training for reigning. I don't know what happens in the next life, but you said, God, that we would rule and reign with Jesus. So, Father God, I thank you. This is but a little while, then eternity, God. So while we are yet in this earth suit, we lay down our life like Jesus did. Jesus laid down his life that there will be many sons that would come forth that would know who they are and know who their God is and that would do exploits. Jesus did that for us. We, in turn, do it for all those that have been assigned to our life. Father God, we lay down our life. We lay down all the little stuff that keeps us from operating at 100% maximum capacity. We lay down all the things that throw us off our A-games. We recognize we can't start a fight if we're not planning on finishing it. So this morning, Father, clothe us with the anointing of a finisher, that we would not back up until the fight is over. Everywhere in our life, Father God, everywhere that there is closeted sin, secret fears, Things that we keep tucked away that we don't think anybody else knows about. Our Father, nobody tricks you. And most of the time, we don't even trick each other. But we don't we don't say what we see. <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing. Father God, in the name of Jesus. We learned Sunday that some of us still run in and out of our closet. We think we're strategic. We decide when we want to do what we want to do, when we want to fight, when we want to be saved, when we want to be holy, when we want to submit, when we don't want to submit. We think we can do what we want to do the way we want to do it. But there's a real devil, and he's not playing. And he knows, like Tuffy, I'm in it to win it. And as soon as she gets quiet, goes to the club, hangs out with so-and-so, I'm coming in for the kill. She may not even know she's been hit. 
I'm releasing a strategic blow. While she's not paying attention. And she thinks winning is optional. Father God, I pray for everyone that has released the word over the house. Every strategic word that has come through our congregation to position us. I pray for their children, their children's children, their finances, cars, houses. I cover it with the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, God. I thank you, Father God, that you strengthen them with the strength of the Holy Spirit, that they would not be discouraged, that they would not be like Elijah and hit Jezebel and then run to a somewhere. have fought the lion and the bear and are willing to go after the Goliaths in their life. Who are willing to clean out their closet and what used to be a closet where they would hide or sin. is converted to a place of intercession and praise and worship and visitation by your presence, God. I thank you, Father God, that everything that they hold dear, everything And we keep going back to look at it and play with it. And we don't realize that we keep it alive. Anything that we give more attention than we give God is suspect. Anything that we look at and we say, why, God, why, is suspect. That's a hard thing. That's a hard thing for a mother. That's a hard thing for a grandmother. But whatever God has given me as my charge cannot be more significant than the God that gave it. Father, please don't let this be tested in my heart. Ah, so Father God, we bring to you all of those things in our heart we bring them before you, God, we give them back to you. you gave them to us in the first place. Now, I know there are some 
of us that have situations that God gave us, and we really want to give it back. (laughs) But part of what we're dealing with is we can't give it back because not the way we want to. So those things, those covenants that we can't get out of that are frustrating us, Father, we give those to you too. Because if we don't give them to you, we'll walk away from them. Oh, I, I know. If we don't give them to you, Daddy, we won't deal with them anymore. So we give you those things, too. And the closeted fears that surround them, we give you those, too. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would strengthen our body. Great Father God, we pray for health and healing. One of the sisters I know have been going through physically, so we just pray for health and healing. We thank you, Father God, that um, for divine health over our body, that sicknesses, that have been sent to distract and destroy and to punish, we send them back to their source. Father God, the witchcraft that's been released over the body, the negative words that were sent to destroy our body, We know all over the city, people have an opinion. People, people. But, Lord, we don't receive anything that's been released. And, in fact, Daddy, every tongue that's spoken against us, we pray now that they would come to Christ, be fully submitted to God, that they would know you and the power of your resurrection. If they're not saved, Father, we ask for their salvation. And Lord, where they have come in contact with the angelic beings that watch us. We ask for mercy for them, God, that they would come to know your truth. We ask for peace, Father. We ask for deliverance, Daddy. And we thank you, Father God, 
that their words are powerless against us. We keep ourselves in love and light, and the wicked one touches us not. In fact, Father God, our shield of faith is up, and every dart he sends, he better be careful. Because it boomerangs right off of our shield and returns to the source. We thank you, Father. We have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. All we know, Daddy, is you said for us to come together, to assemble together. And you would be in the midst of us. I thank you, Daddy, for the treasures and gifts that are coming forth out of this congregation. People getting bold. People beginning to stand before you, God, and say who they are and what they believe in, trusting you for their homes and families in new ways. God, that delights my heart so I know it delights yours. We're going to keep doing what you called us to do, Father. We're not going to listen to the strange voices that try to get us off target. We recognize them for what they are. Those so-called friends that come alongside of us that tap into that place that we've kept hid in the closet that makes us want to do something other than what God has said do, go somewhere other than where God has called us to, become something other than, be too afraid to finish the paper. to follow through on the next thing that God has said. Oh, God, all of those things we ask you to deliver us from, Father. The fear, the fear that our family will never be whole, never be what you want them to be. Father, we don't want them to go through what we want to go, we've gone through. But Lord, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We take our place, Father. We have authority over the enemy. We have authority over schizophrenia. We have authority over depression. We have authority over sickness. We have authority over death even. We have authority over poverty. We have authority over failure. Father God, we recognize that if we are in our assignment, if we are doing what you've called us to do, there is no way we can lose. If we're in place and position to see your glory and power, we will see your glory and your power. 
We're not going to let the enemy get us off course, Father. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. I decree we're not getting out of our lane. Hallelujah. Father, I pray this is for me. Jesus said, everyone that you assigned me, except the man of perdition, which was never really part of me. I present them to you, Father. They're still with me. So, Father God, my testimony, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be able to say to you. Every life that you've given me charge over, I did what I was supposed to do in their life. Therefore, I finished what you said. Here they are, God. When I sit at the banqueting table and I'm given my crowns, I want to be able to look around at the table and say, God, thank you for my crown because I fought for everyone that you assigned to my life. I pray that you have the same boldness. It's not about what I feel or what I see. It's what I know. I know that through the blood of Jesus, we have the victory. I know that we are world overcomers because we're born of God. I know that the power of life and death is on my tongue. I know that I am a workman of Christ. I am a recreation in Christ. I am his workmanship. Father God is all the while at work in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I am more than a conqueror. God is on my side. The angels of the Lord are encamped around about me to bring me to an expected end. I receive from the hands of my Father in the presence of of my enemy. Poverty is not my portion. Confusion is not my portion. Lasciviousness, fornication, adultery, it's not my portion. Slothfulness is not my portion. Having a vagabond spirit is not my portion, God. I know who I am. I know what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. I am not confused, Father. 
I get downloads from you daily to know how to live. For I only do what I see my Father do. Let that be our testimony, God. Everyone on this line and everyone that's part of our church, let it be our testimony, God. Father God, as we prepare for this weekend, as we open our heart to our friends and our family, as we believe that we are coming together to have an awesome time of fellowship and love, Father, I thank you that angels are already moving throughout the city, and for those that are having guests come in, to prepare this weekend, God. I thank you, Father God, everything will be done in order, decently, the way you ordain, Father. We want your kingdom to be manifest, even in the midst of laughter, even in the midst of fellowship, God. Father, I praise you that every joint supplies spiritually, but I also ask, Father God, that everyone have hearts to participate that they don't miss their opportunity to serve and to give and to be blessed. Father, I thank you for an awesome turnout. I thank you, Father God, for peace on the property. Watch over resources this week, Lord as people begin to bring what they've committed to bring, and even surprises, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for working with us, God. And, Father, I pray that while we are fellowshipping together, that the community is intrigued by the love and the laughter and the joy that's our portion. We pray in advance that there will not be any accidents, any mishaps. Just the joy of the Lord will be a portion, God. And we thank you, Father, for those that visit and are looking for a place to assemble with like-minded believers. Father, we ask for those people, if it be your will, if they are part of our assembly, that they would find their fit and place. And, Lord, for those that come every Sunday, I just ask, God, that you would do something special in their heart. Because sometimes we're doing what God tells us to do. But there's parts of us that are still trying to figure it all out, God. So I ask you, Father, for opportunities to get to know one another, not after the flesh, 
because that's never what you want us to do. But that we would learn another. That we would learn one another, Father. I ask for a time of peace and a time of joy. This is what I'm hearing, joy. Joy. And then there are people that have family members that really are uncomfortable. Church is small. We don't know what's going on over there. So we ask, Father God, that there would be a great time of fellowship, Lord. We pray for the young lady that's over it. I'm choosing not to use names because everybody doesn't want their name out there, but um, we're praying for her strength and her tenacity, Father. We thank you, Father God, for her, for she, for the two of them. Um, to make a decision to serve their body, God. That's a bold decision. But it's also one way to slap the enemy. So I pray special strength over their lives, God. I bind the spirit of confusion and rejection. And I ask you to give them the heart of a finisher to press in to see themselves through this weekend, Lord, knowing that you have everything under control. Father God, if I had to wait on what I could handle, nothing would get done. But God, I know that you're in control, and in you all things are finished. So I pray for them, God. I pray for their heart, a heart to serve, a willingness to try to step into the ring. So I think that you give them supernatural strength this week to finish everything in their personal life, that you would watch over their families, God, that you would watch over their finances, Father, that where the enemy would like to bring distraction and frustration, that you would be with them. And, Lord, in our local body, we all come with certain hurts and pains and attitudes. And as leaders, we have to contend with all of that. And we have to be able to see in the midst of it how best to serve one another. So I pray, Father, where there may have been misunderstandings, where there may have been lack of communication, Lord, that you would bring peace, Father. I pray for our whole congregation, Lord. We've all come from places, well, a lot of us have come from places where we've experienced rejection and abuse, 
We come with our own fears. We never know when we're stepping on one another's toes. But, Father, I pray for healing, Lord, and I pray for love, because you said love covers a multitude of sins. And, Lord, your word says offenses will come. So there are times that we are offended by one another. Sometimes one party doesn't even know what they've done. So we thank you that people learn to speak the truth in love, but we also learn not to be so quickly offended because we recognize, Lord, we all have the same enemy, and he does the same thing in every life. Therefore, because we know that, we're quick to take other people off the hook and believe you for the best. So, Lord, where there have been misunderstandings, where there have been offenses, where there have been hurt and feelings of rejection, Lord, I ask that the love of God would cover those places in our congregation. Give us wisdom and steadfastness to see accomplished what you have ordained for us individually and collectively. Father, you called the assembly. You gave it a name. You've given it a purpose. Father, I thank you that we finished the purpose for which we've been called. I thank you, Father, that you're raising up leaders I thank you, Father God, that even what they do for the congregation is just a small amount of what you have called them to do for humanity. So I pray, Father God, that they learn to walk in their calling, that they're gracious and loving and kind, yet strong and bold in the spirit. God, only you can put those two things together and make it work for the glory of the kingdom. So today, as each member goes about their day, Father, we know that you get the glory in everything. So we pray, Father God, we pray for our children. We pray that they're blessed in school, that they hear from you, that angels are with them, Father. They have favor with their teachers and their administrators. We pray they have wisdom, God. We pray, Father God, the young folks in our church that are still building our homes and working through the issues, Father. We ask that you would encourage their hearts all day today, God. And Lord, let them hear your voice above all the other voices in the earth. Let them hear the voice of your conviction. Father, I thank you as they go to school, young and old, 
I thank you they have your mind, God. Give them what they need. As they look for stretch, fresh vision, even the Perkins family, Father, we know we're in transition. We know that there are some things that you want to do for us in this phase of our life, God. We thank you for the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit to take us into the second half of our life. You said our latter years would be greater than our former years. So we thank you that is truth. Bless these prayers, Father, that they may accomplish your purpose in our life. And we'll give you the honor, the glory, and the majesty that you alone deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. Quickly, if there's any prayer request, I didn't realize how long I've been praying. So if there's anything specific, we can pray about that. If not, you be blessed today. Know that even in warfare, as the minister ministered and lifted up the Bible and said, we've got the script, we win, we're victorious. That is not a direct quote. (laughs) But we win. We can shout now. From the pit to the palace, we know what our destination is. So be blessed in Jesus' name. Join us tomorrow, 724-444-7444. Call ID 138-768 in case you're a visitor. And if you live in the city of Indianapolis, Indiana, you can join us. On Thursday, 6 o'clock, for prayer meeting, Overflow and Life Family Worship Center, 3170. Baltimore Avenue, Indianapolis, Indiana. Or Sunday afternoon, 2.30. This Sunday, we're having a picnic. You're welcome to join us. Be blessed until tomorrow morning. Have a great day.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.